This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. We'll cover some election stuff here. A lot. Again, just, you know, friendly reminder this week I had to do this. Everything that Republicans are planning on doing tomorrow in Congress has been done by the Democrats for the last three Republican presidencies. So there is nothing illegal. There's nothing unconstitutional. There's nothing nefarious, sinister, criminal, any of that. It is all perfectly normal. And it is routinely done by Democrats against Republicans. And now everybody's pitching a fit because we live in a tribalist society and everybody's a hypocrite. So friendly reminder, what's going to happen tomorrow in Washington, D.C., which we will cover, is something that is routinely done by the Democratic Party against Republicans. But everybody's pitching a fit because now it's the other way around. I keep telling you, how many times do I keep warning everybody? I've been doing this my entire 15-year radio career. If you Democrats continue to do this, eventually the Republicans will use all of your rule changes, all of your tactics against you, and you're going to get butt hurt and you're going to pitch a fit about it. And that is exactly what has happened. I had Harry Reid when he was Senate Majority Leader on my show, and I said, you will rue this day when you start changing the rules. I wasn't the only one that warned him. Mitch McConnell warned him, too. And Harry Reid's response to me was, there won't be a Republican Party to use these rules against us. This... Every election, every single one, there is the notion that the party that lost will die off and disappear. It's always wrong. Every single time. And the weird thing is, is that while you have Democrats running around saying that now, Republicans did really well in this election. And I'm not even including the president who won but isn't going to be sworn in probably on the 20th. But as far as up and down the ballot, Republicans way outperformed historical norms. Another, another anomaly which makes the alleged victory of Joe Biden that much more improbable. But I digress. Friendly reminder, everything Republicans are doing tomorrow is routinely done by Democrats against Republican presidential uh, nominees, winners, whatever you want to call them. Okay. Next, three Indiana Republicans will vote against certifying the election results. Look at that. Three Republicans in Indiana's congressional delegation plan to vote against certifying President-elect Joe Biden's Electoral College victory when Congress meets on Wednesday. Monday evening, Representative Jackie Walorski tweeted that she would object to certain electors in battleground states if an electoral commission is not created to conduct an emergency audit of the presidential returns. This is what the senators are asking for on the Senate side of things. The, we kind of, I just did a quick little explanation on the radio show yesterday. I did more of an explanation on my premium podcast yesterday, which is up on dlive.tv slash Casey the host because Monday's premium content is free. I'll make a podcast out of it so you, you have that. I kind of explain there are different theories as to what can happen tomorrow. At the end of the day, states get up and they go, Michigan goes to Joe Biden. And if one member of Congress says, I object, okay, 
then there are different things that can kind of happen there and there are competing legal theories as to what can and cannot happen. Um, Mike Pence has been asked to pick all of the electors. If that happens, he doesn't believe he has the constitutional authority to do that. For the record, a lot of constitutional uh, lawyers don't believe that he has the, the authority to do that. There is some confusion about all of this, but it really comes down to you know various legal theories that may have to be worked out at some point. The bigger discussion is who ultimately is responsible for selecting the electors before they get to Congress, before the president of the Senate has to deal with it, which would be Mike Pence. And that question is some people say governors, other people say local legislatures, and that's where the bigger legal battle is, okay? Um, if you're asking me if I believe that Mike Pence has unilateral authority to reject electors and select his own, the answer to that is going to be a vehement no. He doesn't. But before it gets there, he has some power, but before it gets there, um, you have a whole process that is also being challenged. So in addition to what Republicans are planning on doing tomorrow, which again, Democrats have done for the last three presidencies for Republicans, they're going to do that. They're going to object to electors being awarded uh, for a state. But beyond that, the Senate side, they are asking, they're calling them the dirty dozen. They're asking for a real audit. There hasn't been a real audit. And if you look at some of the stuff that has happened in Georgia and in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, remember the Wisconsin Supreme Court basically said right before we went on holiday break, that up to 200,000 ballots in Wisconsin were invalid because they didn't go through the required voter identification process. So there's a real there's a real issue that a lot of people, just for the sake of partisanship or sheer laziness, don't want to deal with because they think it'll be messy and it, it might escalate, turn into something. We won't have a president. Who knows what's going to happen as a result of that? Uh, maybe in the more severe cases, they think it'll descend into a civil war, what have you. But the reality is there are very real problems here. Anybody who tells you that there aren't is a straight up liar, period. That or they are too ignorant and too dumb on, on the issue to be able to even articulate to you an opinion. But they do anyway because it's 2021 and your opinion on Twitter is as valid as the greatest expert in the field uh, in all of their, their knowledge and expertise. But that's that's just how things are in 2021. So um, the the House of Representatives now has people, like on the Senate side, that are calling for a full audit. Because again, a full audit hasn't been done. They keep asking for a full audit in these states and it keeps getting rejected. They win some cases. Trump wins a lot of these cases that doesn't get covered by the press, but he's won a lot of these cases. And he's lost a lot as well. Um, and the Supreme Court case was the most egregious of these these rulings because the Supreme Court has a constitutional duty to hear Texas's case. And remember, that wasn't a case about Trump or the Trump campaign. That was a case about Texas saying states who violated their own election right uh, election laws disenfranchised Texas voters. And that's that's a case that is built for a Supreme Court ruling. But the Supreme Court doesn't want to listen to it because the Supreme Court doesn't want to get themselves into a situation like they did in 2000. And we knew this months before the election that the Supreme Court, that Chief Justice Roberts was going to try and keep them out of it, even if it was their place to decide. So they kept them out of it. Really is that simple. Um, now, there are other cases that will 
possibly be pending before the Supreme Court on this. But as I've told you before, it really comes down to a timeline issue. And uh, we'll probably have the cases proven long after somebody is sworn into office. That, and that at that point, people are going to, well, what are you going to do now? Because that's just typically how things work when you have a situation like this. So Representative Wilarski has said she wants the Electoral Commission to be formed to audit the results because there hasn't been an audit done. Uh, yes, there are states that have done individual audits, but remember, an audit and a recount, it's not the same as going through and validating those, those votes. Okay, Not the same thing. They're calling for a validation audit. On Sunday, Representative Jim Banks posted on Facebook saying that he would vote against certification in certain battleground states. So not everywhere, but in certain states. Uh, their decisions come after Senator Mike Braun and 10 other Republican senators released a joint statement on Saturday saying that they intended to reject electors from disputed states until a 10-day audit of the election return is completed. I explained to you a little bit yesterday what that would look like uh, in Ted Cruz's words. Okay, so... We've got, we've got the senators who are looking at this. They want 10 days. That's it. Just 10 days. So that would still lead to, uh, if Biden wins, it would still lead to Biden being sworn in on time. It wouldn't delay the process any, any further, unless, of course, something is discovered. Uh, but at the same time, it's not unreasonable to look at this and say, look, we need some kind of a federal commission to take a look at what's going on. Because the people who are cardboarding and boarding up windows and kicking out uh, election monitors and things like that can't be trusted. There's nothing wrong with that. And the situation in Wisconsin still has not even been addressed. Now, in Wisconsin, for those of you who don't remember, the Wisconsin Supreme Court had already ruled that COVID-19 is not a valid excuse to say that you are confined to your home. That would happen before the election. So you could not say, I'm confined to my house because of COVID, therefore I do not have to abide by Wisconsin state law and verify my identity when I cast my ballot. Because Wisconsin has voter identification. If you did that in Wisconsin, Okay. and you did not verify your identity, your ballot is illegal. It's invalid, but it was counted anyway. And the Wisconsin Supreme Court made this very clear in a ruling before the holidays that there were up to 200,000 ballots that were submitted from home. These are mail-in ballots that did not go through the required identity verification process. The reason being was that they were of these protected people. The, uh, the law in Wisconsin allows people who are disabled or otherwise unable to leave the home to get permission to sidestep the voter identification law in Wisconsin. And COVID is not a valid excuse. The courts had already ruled on that before the election. And yet four times more people in the state of Wisconsin made that claim than in any previous election. So the Supreme Court of Wisconsin said, basically there's 200,000 people here whose ballots are suspect. And we are talking about a pretty small margin in the state of Wisconsin. So if the standard um, rule applies that most of those mail-in ballots are for Biden and you've got up to 200,000 of those, you assume you assume that about 40 to 50,000 of them are valid, okay? Uh, it could easily flip the state to Trump, easily. 
but it hasn't been looked at. It hasn't been audited. It hasn't been evaluated, even though the Supreme Court in the state of Wisconsin has said this is a real issue. So this is one of the reasons that they're saying we need 10 days and we need to have federal people go in to these disputed states and look at it. And if they, if they find that there's an issue, it has to be rectified. If they find that the issue is overblown or that it exists but would not have swayed the state, everybody needs to know that. And then hopefully you can have some, some uh, calming down, if you will. But that's what they're pushing for. Okay, so that's the one thing that is slightly different f about tomorrow, uh, at least on the Senate side of things, than the other normal thing, which is just objecting to a state's electors being awarded to a particular candidate, which is commonplace and happens all the time and is perfectly normal and constitutional. So it's a whole bunch of interesting things that are going to be going down uh, tomorrow, and we will cover it. We will have evaluations of it. And, and I'm sure that there's going to be one or two things that creep up that nobody has any idea what actually means. And we'll have to spend the rest of the week trying to figure out exactly what's going on. So, again, three Republicans in Indiana's congressional delegation are not going to certify the Electoral College victory for Joe Biden tomorrow. Uh, others will, but they're not going to for tomorrow. Now, this is also interesting because something has come up yet again in Fulton County, Georgia, which has continued to have real voter ballot accuracy issues from the very beginning. I'm going to tell you what that breaking news is coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I do want to remind you that we are live streaming on dlive.tv slash Casey, the host. If you want to watch the video of it, uh, obviously, if you're not listening on radio or if you are listening on radio, you just want to get the audio, go to 953mnc.com. So James O'Keefe has struck again. This time, I can't play you the audio just because the way that the audio is, I sent it to Joe just in case, but... I've decided against it. It's the audio levels are not good enough to play over the air, to be honest with you. But Project Veritas yesterday released undercover video in in uh, Fulton County. Now, Fulton County is where the fake water main break happened on election night, which we told you was really suspicious as I was doing live election coverage at 95.3 MNC. It's like, this is a little weird. They're, they're telling everybody, you know, an hour or two before the polls close, that there's a water main break and they won't be able to get results that night. That didn't make any sense. When I said, keep an eye on it, we ended up finding out there wasn't a water main break. It never happened. There was like a leaky toilet. Okay. It went from a water main break to, it was a slow leak to is actually a leaky toilet. And, <laughs> and all of that was used to justify not getting your results in Fulton County, Georgia. Fulton County, Georgia has continued since then to have ballot counting accuracy issues where they have had to go back and recount and recertify ballots in Fulton County because they keep finding errors in Fulton County. Well, Project Veritas's undercover video, here's a huge issue in Georgia right now. Now we told you about this, obviously the Georgia runoff election, we'll be covering that as well throughout the, throughout the week. But in Georgia, there is an effort by Democrats to move to Georgia in order to vote in their election. Now, if you move to Georgia, vote in their election, then move right out, you've committed a crime. 
But if you move to Georgia, because there's really very little res residency requirements, you move to Georgia, you vote. I think you have to stay for six months afterwards or something like that and then move out. You're OK. And Democrats have been don't quote me on the time frame. I don't have it in front of me, but it's something like that. Democrats have been telling people to move to Georgia just to vote in these runoff elections in order to steer the vote, which is morally repugnant, right? Even if it's not illegal, depending on how it is done, it's morally repugnant. But one of the issues that has come up is, is residency and what is actually happening with these ballots, because Georgia does have a somewhat it's yeah, somewhat recent, but they have a history with fraudulent ballots in the state. So we've got we've got an issue with residency in Georgia and this Project Veritas video. We end up finding out that there are, in some cases, hundreds of people who are registered to the same address. That's a problem. It's against Georgia law for you to lie about that on your voter registration. And in fact, it can get you up to 10 years in prison. So you can't do that. Now, what is happening is a lot of people are saying, well, these are homeless people. So they're using somebody's address as a registration address, even though those people don't live there. And it's being excused and justified as, oh, they're homeless. Okay, it's still illegal. You can't do that. The other thing is we can't verify that all of the people that have used that address are homeless. What if the people who are using that address and pretending to be homeless for the sake of registering illegally in Georgia, what if they're not actually Georgia residents? There's no way to verify this. This is a real problem. And they have found uh, hundreds and thousands of cases of this with various addresses. So Project Veritas actually, um, re re well, they didn't reveal um, they published a video of Central OAC and the executive there admitting that they register thousands of homeless people to vote at that address in Fulton County. Okay, but that's a crime. You can't do that. And it's a crime for them to do that as well. And I, some look, some of you are, well, they're homeless. They could... They should be able to vote too. Okay, there's ways for them to do that. They can do it at a shelter. This isn't a shelter. There's ways for the homeless to be able to register. That's not what's happening here. This is illegal registration. These are illegally registered people who will be casting ballots. Maybe, maybe they won't be casting ballots. Maybe we got a ballot harvesting scandal here where you're registering these homeless people at your address. You have them sign the ballot for a few ducats, right? And then you fill the ballot out, which is how most illegal ballot harvesting happens. And it's almost impossible to prove. Remember, most voter fraud, most voter fraud that happens in American elections is impossible to prove because it involves a real voter and a real ballot. The problem is, is that it's been illegally harvested. That becomes the issue. And if you don't catch it on camera, which by the way, Project Veritas has done in two states, if you don't catch it on camera, it's impossible to prove. So this is, again, this is a real issue in Georgia. Pay very, very close attention to Georgia because um, there's there's all sorts of weird stuff that, that continues to happen there. And they're talking about Georgia being permanently blue now, will be the new California and all of that other stuff. And 
You know what? You may very well. There's been a plot to change Texas blue for a number of years. My entire radio crew been talking about the plot to move from California and Washington to Texas in order to turn it blue. Um, there, there might be there might be a need for some people who are red thinking about doing something similar to that. If not moving to blue states, but moving to uh, states that may be purple, in order to flip them solidly red depending on the state and your lifestyle and, and obviously the uh, the laws that are applicable to your life. Who knows? But with people moving out of New York and people moving out of California and Washington State, I mean, who knows? I mean, there might be an opportunity to flip those states uh, in the next decade or two anyway. So keep an eye on Georgia. I, obviously, everybody's keeping an eye on Georgia, but keep an eye on Georgia, particularly for fraudulent registrations like this, which are on camera with them admitting doing it. That's all illegal, by the way. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Again, want to thank RNB Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. Go to rbcarcompany.com to get their latest inventory and special promotional offers. So we have a couple of updates in Kenosha, Wisconsin. The first one is that Kyle Rittenhouse, the innocent but demonized young man who defended himself against multiple attackers uh he killed some but he defended himself i uh, remember the whole situation with kyle rittenhouse uh, in spite of the fact that uh, joe biden who by the way rittenhouse's mom has just been leveling joe biden all over the press uh, since joe biden falsely accused her son, her son without evidence the media's favorite term without evidence of being a white supremacist uh, there's absolutely no evidence that Rittenhouse is anything but a uh, young man who is concerned with his community. And he was putting out an arsonist's fire. That's what started all of this. Everybody forgets that. There was a pedophile arsonist who started fires all over the city, started a fire. Kyle Rittenhouse grabbed a fire extinguisher and put it out. That person then threw a rock at his head he began running away and retreating. They gave chase, attacking him. Somebody shot. And then, of course, he turned around and he faced his attackers and the rest is history. Uh, somebody tried to even execute Kyle Rittenhouse point blank by shooting him in the head, but his arm got turned into a slab of meat instead because Rittenhouse was the faster shot. So he's pled not guilty to murder and attempted murder charges at his arraignment today. He's now 18 years old. He entered the plea during a short hearing in, in uh, Kenosha more than four months after he shot and killed two Black Lives Matter protesters and wounded a third. And for the record, I don't know that you could actually call them Black Lives Matter protesters. Um, they were, this is the New York Post, by the way. I mean, they were rioters. And I don't know that they were even there because of what happened with the Jacob Blake situation. But regardless... They were out there causing trouble. Uh, he defended himself. It's it's pretty crystal clear cut. The video from every angle of this shows that it was self-defense. So as people on the live stream have been talking about, you know, they hope that he's not offered up as some kind of a sacrificial lamb here because really beyond the, the uh, potential illegality of him actually carrying the rifle, nothing that he did to defend himself um, was illegal at all. So 
it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening there. But as I've, I've told everybody, I think it'll be a fun day when he's exonerated and watching everybody lose their minds. But in addition to that, today was the day that the decision was announced on the police officer who shot Jacob Blake. And the Kenosha police officer who shot Jacob Blake will not face any criminal charges. Uh, he shot Blake seven times in the back. He paralyzed him. Uh, Blake did plead guilty in, in one case and then avoided a sex crime trial in another. The incident touched off several days of intense protests against police and later unraveled into violent and deadly street clashes between demonstrators. So anyway, the Kenosha County District Attorney, Michael Gravely, announced on Tuesday at a news conference, which happened during the show, that his office would not seek charges against Rustin Shesky, the 31-year-old police officer who has been on administrative leave pending an investigation by the Department of Justice. Now, that was August 23rd that all of this went down. Blake, who witness, witnesses said had been trying to break up an argument between two women, was unarmed and shot as he walked back towards his vehicle, according to some witnesses. Uh, we've gone over the Blake situation. It's not as easy as that. Uh, but that's, again, the narrative that, that they're going with. So they, they made the decision based on a review of more than 40 hours of squad car video, as well as 200 reports totaling over 1,500 pages. It's the most independent and charging decision that possibly could be done, he said. All right. Uh, now, they have been preparing for rioting as a result of all of that. And it just so happens that this was announced on the same day that Kyle Rittenhouse, who is innocent, pled not guilty in his case. So this is all happening in Kenosha today. So they're, um, they're preparing for some unrest, if you will, for tonight and the next several days. We'll see what ends up happening. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. A friendly reminder that we are broadcasting live on dlive.tv slash Casey, the host. If you want to watch a video of the show, hang out with other listeners, also get some behind the scenes stuff during commercial breaks. If you are listening to the radio station, but maybe you're getting ready to get home, you want to go ahead and listen to it uh, on the computer, go to 953mnc.com. Uh, obviously, you have a smart listening device, uh, excuse me, wiretap. You can go ahead and activate the 95.3 MNC skill and listen to the radio station on your smart device. Well, I, I have to talk about Cosmo. Now, first of all, Cosmo is trash, just so everybody knows. Cosmopolitan magazine is trash. It has always been trash. Um, there is very few things in that magazine that are redeeming and of quality, period, end of story. I used to do regular things on the show where I would go over these stupid relationship advice stuff in there, and then I would provide my own relationship advice, correcting the very bad relationship advice given to women about men in Cosmo magazine, because it's trash. All right. It's it again, it's just total garbage. And if you in any way, shape or form as any, mostly women, there's going to be some guys apparently too, but, um, teenage boys don't count. Cosmo is used for a different purpose for them. But if you are, <laughs> although less necessary now than it used to be, uh, if you are a woman who uses Cosmo for any advice or guidance in your life whatsoever, there's a good chance that you will take the very hard advice that I'm going to give you right now. Stop, look around, take an honest assessment of your well-being, and 
if it's not in a good place, it's probably because you were listening to Cosmo magazine. If your relationship sucks, Cosmo's fault. If the way that you live in your house or your apartment sucks, probably Cosmo's fault. Uh, all sorts of things can be attributed to Cosmo. Cosmo's latest affront to human civilization is their covers that they have on there. Now, I need to make this crystal clear. I don't have an issue with people who are overweight. I'm a little overweight right now. Most of you know I got my COVID pounds on. I'm working. I'm, I'm down 20. Well, not quite 20, about 18. Um, but I don't have an issue with people who are overweight who want to live their life that way. I believe that you should live your life the way that you want to live your life. Just don't pretend that it's something that it's not. And folks, it's not healthy. It's not healthy for you, your body physically, and it's certainly not healthy for you emotionally. It's just not. There are very few people in this world who would not be happier having lost weight. There's almost nobody who wants to be fatter. There are a few. Okay. But with that said, you choose to live your life the way that you want to live your life. And if, if the gratification that you get from maybe a sedentary lifestyle or eating certain things is what makes you happy and that is a priority for you, please live your life the way that you want. Um, I would ask you to at least self-reflect on that and make sure that you're doing that because that's actually how you want to live and, and maybe you're not dealing with something else. Um, I'm a stress eater. So for me, when I'm stressed, that's when it tends to happen. For other people, there are different triggers. And then there are people with eating disorders that can go either way. It is also true that there are people who would be considered fat who are very healthy. And there are people who are thin who are extremely unhealthy. This is a fact. This is something that can't be ignored. However, we are talking about exceptions to the rule the rule is the fatter you are the worse off you are that's the rule there are exceptions to that i am not including the 0.0001 percent of you that has some kind of a biological issue that prevents you from losing weight yes you exist all five of you can relax i'm not talking about you i am talking about everybody else I'm not talking about people whose medication are making them this way. That is a real thing too, okay? I'm simply talking about people who choose to live their life this way. People who are not predisposed, regardless of what actions they take, to have a body like this. So when Cosmo features women on their cover who are not overweight, who are not curvy, who are not fat, but are obese, not morbidly obese, but obese when they feature them on their cover. And the headline is, this is healthy. You got a real problem. It's not healthy. Can you be happy? You can be happy at any weight. Sure. There are people who can be unhappy at any weight. Some of the most unhappy people that I know are the fittest people that I know and the exact opposite. But this is not okay. Uh, somebody posted on Twitter earlier, and this is actually very real. This is, it's just, it's thrown up not as a comparison, but really just as an example of how perverse our media can get. You are at higher risk of dying from COVID if you look like the women on the cover of Cosmo magazine th this month. 
you're at higher risk of dying if you look like them from COVID than you are from not wearing a mask. So why is this being promoted as healthy? But the other one is the scourge of the earth. This is not okay. Be honest with yourself. Live the life the way that you want to live your life. I will support you as long as that's truly what makes you happy. Uh, I'm not here to fat shame anybody. I'm the least, the least responsible person to do that. But pretending that it is healthy when it is not, is not okay. Got more coming up.